special episode of Chronic Media Consumption, we are going to try out a new idea of our little deep dive into a specific episode or a movie or something like that. So we can really just narrow in and not have to have an underlying theme that we're talking about. So with that in mind, I am Michelle. And I'm Kelly, along for the ride. (laughs) Welcome to this special episode of Chronic Media Consumption. We're going to be talking about Loki. So this is the Disney Plus show that is currently streaming that is part of the MCU, specifically for the beloved character Loki. They've done some great stuff with their Scarlet Witch one and their Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, so WandaVision was great, little foray into this, and definitely set an interesting tone for our shows where basically every episode had a reveal and was this big, just pushing the story along every single time. And they did that in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and they did that in uh, Loki from the beginning as well. But the most recent couple episodes have been a little different. They, they've they changed their formula and and let me let me interject real quick because at the time that that our podcast is going to be airing chances are loki will have already wrapped up because i believe there's only six episodes (laughs) there's only six episodes and we're recording this just after episode four so this is this is all kind of with speculation on how it's going to end as well as what we've interpreted from the first four Absolutely. So, okay, clarifying, this will be my salty deep dive after episode four. (laughs) (laughs) Salty deep dive. Oh, my God. This should just be this should be spoiler saltiness. (laughs) Spoiler saltiness. Uh, Spoilers. There we go. (laughs) So it's not going to be um, necessarily a fully accurate uh, info because we want the next two episodes we're probably going to know more but there's a couple things about this that came across that I didn't quite like there's some interpretations that I hope that they go for and there's some other aspects of the show that I really do enjoy I'm not going to go into a whole explanation about the episode I could I'm not going to I'm assuming if you're listening to this you've already seen the show if you haven't seen the show go watch it then come back here and then you'll understand what, what I'm talking about but a couple of the things that they have made interesting choices about Loki and Sylvie Sylvie being the variant version of Loki taken when she was much younger. They didn't really cover this too much and they actually have some inconsistencies in what their interpretation of a variant is because if they are claiming that this is a Loki variant rather than some other child that happened to be raised in Asgard, what determines how much of a variation you can be before you must be pruned? And if this is, in fact, a variant of Loki and they were pruned at that point, every other decision prior to that point doesn't need to be reset or how far is the reset actually happening because Loki doesn't have much discussion or memory of being female. They didn't bring that up. They didn't talk about that in mythology. Loki is a shapeshifter able to take whatever form is actually both a father and a mother. It's awesome. And a lot of food for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And in fandom, 
they have interpretations of that. There's uh, explanations that frost giants don't have a single gender and they can be both. That hasn't been covered in MCU, but that's something that fandom has like taken and run with. And they have those explanations where, yeah, sure, maybe he was female at one point, male at one point. And the cool thing with Thor is Thor is like the the himbo feminist that everyone wants to have as an older brother, even yeah. though he doesn't really respect magic and Loki's uh, cunning and abilities because he's very, you know, blunt and forceful. There's this running theme that if Loki were to show up as a female one day, Thor would kind of squint at him for a moment and go, sister, come and look at this frog. And they would be able to just like continue with it being normal, whatever form they chose to be that day, they would respond um, appropriately. So that is how fandom gets in and is interpreting these things. But the heteronormativity of these last episodes they're like because loki is not able to love and hasn't loved himself we're gonna put a female version and he's gonna fall in love and it's gonna be magical and they've had two moments where they almost kissed and i was like no bad wrong false and I don't actually think they were going to kiss. I think that they are teasing the audience and trying to make it seem like that because they are baiting. They're they're hetero baiting. And I'm like, that's hilarious if that's what's happening. Um, but maybe I'm giving them too much credit. There was a moment on Lamentus where they were both about to die. And they have that whole variation that... The, the branching that's going off and it's spiking so ha- high, it's going to destroy the fabric of reality. And some people interpret that as like they're about to kiss, they're going to confess they're in love, they're going to do something. Thank God for people on TikTok doing interpretations because this guy said he was talking to his wife about it and she told him, what if the variation was they were both going to die or at least one of them was going to die and their death would ruin the fabric of reality. That makes more sense to me than them kissing. So like that's how they were able to find them because they, there's, they weren't allowed to die at that point. That would ruin the timeline. So they went and got them and took them out. Okay, cool. Fine. But why are you making these like heavily romantic scenes? Yes. They're like, Oh, well it's going to be, him learning to love himself, seeing the traits of himself in another person from an outside perspective and understanding, respecting and admiring them will allow him to respect and admire himself. Maybe, but why is it gotta be so straight? I mean, a great, why? a great thing about this is that at the reveal in the post credit scene of episode four is he wakes up and he's faced with other variant Loki, yes. all of which are male. All, I'm assuming with the crocodile. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Um, it could be a girl crocodile. <laughs> but I mean, you're faced with at least three of these variant Lokis that are all male. Um, one is a, a child, looks like he's maybe a teen. One is black. One is much, much older. And I love his costume. It's, it's so the classic. Goofy. It's the classic Loki <laughs> costume from the original comics. I know. It's um, hilarious. It but just, is it he... doesn't, it's not something a real person would wear. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just, it's 
it's okay. Now we're seeing all of these other different variants of himself. Is he going to have these types of moments, these dramatic, romantic, sexually tension with them? Yeah, with one of them. Like, is is that what we're going to see, or are they going to leave that out? Because no, it's not a female version of him. He wouldn't get down on that. Exactly. In spite of them dropping the almost throwaway line in episode three that he's had romances with both genders yeah bit of both yeah and and so they they basically threw that out there and yeah there's another interpretation of that line because the the whole context of the line was them asking if you had anybody or if you were just playing around and he says (laughs) a bit of both but they they also said playing around with princesses and princes one of the other bits about this that irritated me is the uh and i'm sorry i'm just as i said salty 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 um the whole torture bit where they have the loop where he is in uh, being kicked in the nuts by sif and she's being all angry about it so in mythology they have that he did get revenge on sif for her doing something different stories different interpretations of what was done but a lot of the interpretations is that through Sif's actions, he was captured by the the dwarves, the people who made Mjolnir, and he had his his lips sewn shut. That's messed up. And then his revenge is to cut her perfect golden locks, and then um, in so doing, revealing that she is actually not the daughter of the guy they thought she was. So the spell her mother cast on her when she was born was broken, and now it grows black. So that's a whole thing. Oh, I did not know any of that. That's amazing. <laughs> right? But the, oh. of course, MCU is like, whatever, who cares? Um, so they they do this like two-dimensional interpretation. Loki's a trickster. He did something wrong. He is at fault. There's context, people! And they don't have any of that context. And then there are people outside of this saying, yes, you deserve this. And then Loki getting beaten down to the point where he's like, sure, yeah, I deserve this. I will say I am very thankful for the moment of Tom Hiddleston doing that perfect little pose on his knees. Hello. I mean, he seemed very comfortable. (laughs) And the collar and everything just... mm. But... God. (laughs) but that much (laughs) i'm just like okay it was salty now it's thirsty it 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 goes um tom hiddleston can get it but that (laughs) that whole bit that loop that they're doing was like irritating because it's just enough information for like me who's really into all these mythologies and reasonings all that to go oh is this what they're saying but it's so little that it doesn't give you the context they don't explain anything he doesn't say anything and then um oh and sorry i am ping pong all over the place but (laughs) relating to this mobius love him owen wilson doing such a great job giving Mm -hmm. us the most i now want to jet ski because of his character um but they have the the whole interaction where he's interrogating loki where the entire time i thought they were speaking in code i thought he was trying to get more information out of loki 
But no, it was all at the surface level. He was genuinely saying these things, genuinely believing these things. So he was genuinely saying that Sylvie was his girlfriend. Ew, gross. Yeah. Why? So it was like exter- external people who were reinforcing that they were having a romantic moment together. That really irritated me. Loki never confirmed it. Sylvie never confirmed it. That wasn't a thing they were thinking about. But the external people were like, yeah, this is a thing. You guys are having your moment. Ew. No. Wrong. And again. The end. And then that bit towards the end where he stops and he, he confronts Sylvie and says, Sylvie, I have to tell you this. And then, of course, gets zapped before he can finish his speech. It reminds me of Doctor Who with Rose. Yeah. Like, just fading away before he can tell what he wants before he can say what he wants to say and of course we never actually in the doctor who series never actually hear the real words of what he feels about her but it's interpreted it's always yep. assumed yep and that bugs me it <sighs> bugs the hell out of me even when rose came back bugged the hell out of me but like cuz yeah. he whispers it in her ear he doesn't actually say it out loud for everybody else to hear it yeah it's it's irritating and I I love again I'm going to bring out like this half of my life is fan fiction. The fans have been going wild in the Loki fan fiction. Like <laughs> Loki already has some of the most interesting explorations of gender and societal norms and PTSD and abuse and culture and cultural appropriation and relationships like interpersonal relationships the relationship of magic and might like that is a fascinating world that is all relating to Loki in MCU. Mm -hmm. But now the way they've been doing things, everyone was like, Ooh, Loki bye, absolutely. He's sleeping with Mobius hundred percent. That's a thing. Whoa. <laughs> yes. Whoa. What? That's the fans. <laughs> so fan fiction well, right. went crazy. Went crazy on that. And then they were like, okay, of course, we're going to need to prune Mobius right off the bat to cut that sucker off of, uh, before it's even fully formed. And you're like, okay, so now it's not Mobius. Awesome. And then, and then they prune Loki right before he says anything. I think that the Mobius thing was also is a very strong denial from the Sylvie thing. They were just like, why would he be with Sylvie when there's Owen Wilson? Like, come on. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, God. But the pruning at the end of Loki also makes it think, is there a multiverse where Mobius is with all his other versions? exactly is is the pruning actually a pruning is it just taking is it sending you to basically like the junkyard of the multiverse where like the the worst of everything is going on i mean in that little cutscene they had where we saw loki and his other versions you see avengers tower in the background yeah completely demolished it's a demolished skeleton of it and you're like where is this um and the way they're doing this where the TVA is going through the variants. Yes. They're going through the variants of the, the, the primary timeline, but they're also crossing over in the multiverse. So are they trying to maintain the correct timeline of every multiverse simultaneously? Cause that's insane. It is insane. And it seems like it would take a lot more time to deal with because literally 
every individual choice, every word you say, every breath you take could split into yeah. a different timeline. It's like every second has a, a billion different potentials. Yeah. Like, and so if you're doing that, that's easy to think about. If you're doing that in a single timeline, though it is exhausting, it's it's doable. It's possibly doable for one multi one of the universes, one timeline. People are like, but if you're doing this in every multiverse, are there other versions of the TVA? Do they communicate? Are they all existing at the same time? Um, so like, cool! Oh like, my god! Right? Is there a timeline where the timekeepers are real and not robots? Well, because the the timekeepers at one time did exist. If we're going by what's in the comic books, they did exist, but they were destroyed by the Kang the Conqueror, who they actually hired to be one of their agents. And then he was like, no, and like defeated them. And then there, there, we have these upcoming shows that are going on. We have, um, uh, Doctor Strange in the multiverse. We have uh, Ant Man and the Quantum Realm. And yep. somebody pointed out that in the Quantum Realm, when Ant Man shrunk down, there was a tiny futuristic looking city in the distance mm-hmm. that could that easily like be the the TVA. And yeah, so that the like, TVA takes place, that the TVA is located within the Quantum Realm. So which all is of why the movies time are... is different. But because all of these, the Three major movies that are going to be coming out after Loki is finished are Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Ant-Man and the Wasp in the Quantum Realm, and the new Spider-Man movie, No Way Home. And so, like, the thing with the MCU is they do an amazing job with certain areas. They do such a good job. And then they do an okay job in other things, or they make assumptions and they do this thing that I feel a lot of creators do is they assume who their audience is. And they're like, oh, people who like comic books, 15 to 25 year old men, straight men. No, <laughs> that hasn't been the case since the beginning of comic books. We don't know where the people got those ideas. That is terrible. Everybody has liked comic books. There is always a comic book for somebody. And I need... mean, I with the Batman movies that came out in the 80s, I was a kid in the 80s. I was a child, okay, under the age of 10 in the 80s. And Michael Keaton Batman was my jam. Mm-hmm. I loved Batman. <laughs> Absolutely. I was the only person that was able to say, Michael Keaton is my favorite actor in, like, first grade. Nobody knew who the <laughs> hell Michael Keaton was. And I'm sitting there going, Michael Keaton is Batman. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I mean, Jack Nicholson made an amazing Joker. Like, yes. oh, oh my God. Such good. great movies. They've but yeah, so many. So it, it, it drives me crazy when they do that. They also drives me crazy when they seem to, in my opinion, dumb down things. So <laughs> they're like, oh, we could put this extra nuance in, but we're we're not going to because we think that it's going to be too hard for someone to understand. So we're going to simplify it. We're going to, we're going to smooth out all the layers. It's the different viewpoints, but the humanizing aspect. And so they, they like to remove those complexities and layers because they think it's going to be 
I don't know, too complex for the viewers to digest. And I'm like, please let leave the complexity in. Leave it messy. We, yeah. as the viewers, we will reconcile that. Mm-hmm. The the amount of times where they're like, there's a plot hole here, and like, we filled it. We filled yeah. it. We're we're like those vigilante pothole fillers that go out at night and fill up, uh, the potholes or draw dicks on them until somebody else fills them in. That, <laughs> like that that's that's the viewers. We we will find a solution. Yes, there's going to be the people who are angry trolls who are going to hate it no matter what you do, but the majority of people will find a solution or find something we love about it if you just put it out there if you confirm things stop being such cowards i'm so irritated like the the barest crumb that we got of loki saying i'm a bit of both or like bit of both where he is we're like that means he's bi we will take it if they would just straight up say it and then they're like oh well that's like you're you're shoving the gay agenda in our face and i'm like no I am drowning in the straight agenda. I barely yeah. get any air bubbles. I am like, <laughs> why is everything sex? I, a proud demisexual who doesn't understand why everybody jumps into bed immediately in TV shows, still watches those shows. I don't have to put myself into their place. I can still enjoy it. We can also have representation of other people. And not have to be like, but I don't understand it. I'm not seeing myself in it. You don't have to see yourself in everything. Get over yourself, Chad. If you don't see yourself in a human being, portrayed as a human being, that says more about you than it does about the character. A hundred percent. Right. Like me, I'm I'm a relatively straight female. Um, since since joining TikTok, I am question. <laughs> like uh, I've been raised in in the this under the straight agenda, you know, seeing all of these all of these stories that are almost always straight. They almost always have a straight romance involved in them. And in fact, it got to the point where I didn't like movies for a small portion of my teens if there was no romance involved in it at, at all. That, that people couldn't be just friends because yeah. there has to be a romance. And I grew out of that because why does it have to be a romance? Like, why can't I just exist as a person? You know, like that's it's 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 very frustrating to grow up in a situation where you're constantly bombarded by these ideals without taking into account that other people with other viewpoints exist. And that's what we're trying to that's what we are trying to address. You and me, we're trying to address that, like the straight agenda which let's be fair, that is what is happening. There is yeah. more of a straight agenda than there is a an other, uh, an LGBTQ alphabet mafia agenda. The agenda yeah. for the alphabet mafia is let us be seen, let us exist without you trying to bury us. Mm-hmm. You can't homogenize the human race. <laughs> <laughs> you can try. Many people have. <laughs> it's caused a lot of wars and angry faces. Yeah. And lots of bad things that we won't get into. Yes, no, no good, no good. But it, it's so refreshing that we have some diversity and some representation. But that's the thing that's been, you know, irritating me with with Loki is like they're giving us crumbs and then they're like, "Eh, we're gonna take two steps back and we're gonna be like, <laughs> oopsies. Oh, you thought that was representation? Well, canonically. 
he is a gender fluid bisexual person. Yes. So, and why would he be romantically attracted? This is something that has happened in other, um, in other TV shows. There's a, a British TV show called Red Dwarf, where they slip through a wormhole and go to an alternate dimension where they meet their alternate gendered selves. Like the one of the main characters, Lister, ends up having <laughs> sexual relationship, uh, sexual relations with his female alternate. And of course, he's the one that ends up getting pregnant, not her. Yeah. But <laughs> like, but like looking at that, like, why is that the thing? Why is it that you go, you find yourself faced with the opposite sex, identical person as you are, and you fall in love with them? That's not what causes attraction. Yes, you have those moments of seeing yourself in somebody and feeling that that draw to them, that connection. But if we all were romantically involved with identical personalities as our own, oh, that would be a disaster. Like, Absolute. The piece that gets me as well is if the only thing preventing you from having a relationship is gender. If, like, you are, like, call back to Supernatural. Um, a lot of people are, like, see Dean and Cass as being this amazing relationship. I freaking love them. Ship them to my dying breath but a lot of people were resisting it and then they said if they had cast a female character it would have made more sense and i wanted to stab these people because that makes no sense for me if the only thing preventing you from seeing a a relationship that is deep and abiding being genitals in the pants exactly if that is the only thing that is allowing you to see this as a actual legitimate relationship that's not a them problem that's a you problem you need you need to explore that and like i've i've read stories science fiction and all these things where people do have relationships with their alternate selves um there's there's one i can't remember what it's called it's one of my dad's old sci-fi books where a guy like has a harem of his alternate selves Ugh. and he like travels through time and stuff. Yeah. There's some weird stuff in sci-fi. I will tell you that. And I probably shouldn't have been reading it when I was 12, but I did. So it's fine. <laughs> um, whenever I would bring one of those books and be like, Hey dad, what do you think of this book? He's like, please don't. Did you read that? And I'm like, yep. And he's like, anything you want to talk about? Yep. <laughs> I have questions. <laughs> I have many questions. <laughs> anyway, that's off topic. Yeah, but back on topic Sorry. of Loki. <laughs> what we were chatting about. Um, so there were a couple other things about it that I noticed that I'm curious to see where they go. The fact that all of the employees of the TVA are variants. Variants, yeah. Is fascinating. And doesn't that make the signage all over the TVA saying, so you're a variant hit a little oh, different. That is more, that does hit a little bit more different. And it also brings up the fact that they're, they're taught, they're brainwashed and then they're taught to hate what they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's dark as hell. That's dark as hell. And then the fact that the TVA has been running on autopilot for a long time because the, timekeepers have we don't know if they've always been androids or if they were recently replaced we don't know how long ago that's been done and it's running Mm -hmm. on autopilot and it makes me think of a bunch of other sci-fi things that are out there where the 
the creators of the thing have long been dead and they've automated the process to continue perpetuating it. So the perfect timeline could have been determined like forever ago. Time has no meaning to a timekeeper type being. So the, they long have passed and maybe this has been something that the machinery of the TVA is just automating being able to get new people in and who actually knows who knows the truth yeah and the fact that you've got Ravana uh-huh. like sh- she was not always in the power position that she was in because we see in the flashback of her taking Sylvie she was just a, a grunt she was a hunter with a number and the number, number that she has actually relates to the comic book where she appeared oh that's cool yeah but, like, she was just a basic hunter that reported to other people. And it's, she has since been yeah. she has since been promoted to the position of, like, this almighty judge. Yeah. The one person that has contact with the timekeepers. And when she was and, promoted, did she get a whole rundown on the reality of the world? Or is she also in the in the dark right is she in the dark was the the beheading the decapitation of the robot timekeeper of wide awakening to her Mm -hmm. or it's kind of implied that she knew she did know about it how long has she known about it did she get inducted into her position her promotion by them saying like hey heads up we're just doing this because we want to keep control. Or did she discover want... something and then they to or keep she... her quiet, they gave her more power? Or is she the reason that the timekeepers are automated? Yeah, now? that's a possibility. I mean, mm-hmm. I think There's one so of the things different... that was really hit, like hit hard with her character is when they were in the elevator going up to see the timekeepers and Sylvie was like what was the thing that I did that was so wrong that caused you to prune me and she She smirks and says I don't remember it wasn't that important right and it's literally this life altering life changing moment the reason that destroyed this young girl's life Mm -hmm. and she knowingly says I don't remember. She clearly does. She clearly does. But she says, I don't remember because it hurts to say that. Well, I mean, I could interpret that because when I saw that, I did think about that. Like, oh, her smirk means that she definitely knows, but she's just not going to tell her because there's no, there's, there's nothing that she gains from telling her this. Mm -hmm. But I also could interpret that as her saying, oh, you know what? It was so unimportant that I forgot it. And yeah. I'm actually taking glee out of the fact that, yeah, I actually don't remember because you're just another variant. That's, I mean, that's also a possibility. And again, that's also a possibility that we're putting too much um, emphasis on this because the way people go about these things, they make them really one dimensional and not have as much meaning. But we are going to take I, meaning out of it. Well, I mean, let's look at all of this. The, the fact that the TVA itself is completely 100% populated by variants, right? Yeah. That's what we've been told. The amount of variants that are in the TVA, you look at it, the the from the very beginning when we see Loki going through the processing center mm-hmm. and how it was made for a large intake, it was very DMV, but it's definitely made for a large intake. Like they're expecting 
more than like 10 or 15 yeah. people to being to be intake at a time like but only seeing like this one or two people at a time being taken in at the time that loki is being pulled in that implies to me that this whole thing like they originally had a system set up where they were taking hundreds maybe even thousands of people at a time and processing them through this center where there was just constant backlogs constant a bureaucracy and paperwork and all of that garbage and now they're just they've decided to repurpose all of those variants to their their worker force yeah. and they have no other variants to collect so the variants that they're collecting why why are they doing it is it really something that they're trying to prune back or are they just bored and trying to keep their workforce busy and i think it's interesting when you think about the tva having no actual linear time yeah all of them could have been pruned at once and that's mm -hmm. why it was such a high workload but maybe they're intentionally pruning them whenever and then having them trickle in like you the the possibilities that i feel they aren't exploring enough <laughs> yeah. they're interesting but i will admit that i love the aesthetic that they chose to go for this yes. like steampunk jetsons kind of vibe oh my god yes love it obsessed and i <sighs> The fact that they look out the the little, not even a window, but like over the balcony and into the rest of the TVA. And the TVA appears to be almost infinite yes. with the amount of, of buildings and transportation that's going on within it. And just it's it's overwhelming. There has to be that many people in the TVA. Why do they need this many people working at the TVA? Yeah. What what are they actually how many doing? Timelines, like it's Yeah, how many timelines are they actually monitoring? Like is there one sacred timeline? But then you think you more? also think like what if there are versions cuz all the TVA agents we saw were all human and seem to have all come from Earth. What if there yeah. is a version of that for every single planet? Every Ooh, race. What if each building cuz the the one we really only see the one building. Yeah. Right? The one where Mobius is working. What if each building is um, the TVA for each individual race, each individual planet? That'd be really, really cool. Definitely to possible. I mean, it's so many possibilities, but okay. I feel better. I've ranted. <laughs> I've been salty. I've been thirsty. I feel like we've come to a good place. I'm ready for this week's Loki. So now that Loki is officially completed season one, we have some more thoughts. So many thoughts. So many thoughts. Thoughts, thoughts on how the whole season went. Thoughts on the final episode in total. Oh, good. Yeah, the, the character development or in some cases the lack thereof, the setup for upcoming multiverse and mcu and how they really focus so much on that and his progression was great it was totally on brand and i think one of the areas that is a disconnect is some people genuinely think that loki in avengers was at his best he was working for thanos because there hasn't been any straight up um 
admittance from the MCU that he is mind controlled or had been tortured or any of those things. Those were just context clues that were taken from the fans and yeah, looking I mean, at them as like with with seeing Loki in only one thing prior, which was the Thor movie, mm-hmm. we had not seen him in anything else until we got to Avengers. Avengers, like if you look at how Thor, how Loki looked in Thor, and then how Loki looked in Avengers, his hair was longer, greasier. He was sallow. Yeah, he had the red, dark circles with the red going along there. Like all of that looked like heat exhaustion for a frost giant like that was a really good way of torturing him that was something that the fans had come up with as ideas and explanations but people were saying oh well no he they haven't said that that's a thing that's not really actually canon um and they're like he was really working for thanos so the reason i have an issue with that isn't that he looked like he was tortured or whatever It, it isn't anything like that it's that the actual invasion of earth was the stupidest attempt to invade. And I have way more respect and belief in the capabilities of Loki. So the only explanation that makes sense is him intentionally sabotaging the invasion so that they would not be able to succeed, so that the Avengers would assemble, so that they would be aware that there is a threat like Thanos. Like, that's literally the only way this makes sense. Because Yeah, actually, that, that makes a lot, that makes a good point. Specifically because um, if he was trying to go about all of this stuff super secret and without alerting attention, without drawing attention to himself... Why would he made have made such a public spectacle? Yeah, he was at all that, theater. Yeah, at that really highbrow, like rich, richy rich party where he rips a guy's eye out of his. Yeah, like that. That was that was a really high profile heist he was running, and he's sitting there just grinning about it. Was he grinning about like stealing this guy's eye and doing it in a torturous spectacle way, or was he? doing this like okay everyone's screaming now that means that somebody will call for help (laughs) and then like why did he tell them where he was going a warm light for all mankind that's literally giving away the game that makes no sense why didn't he uh, do an invasion in a portal in some abandoned area the middle of a desert the the north pole some place where they could have assembled all of the people all the forces in an, a place that they wouldn't be able to be detected and then maybe be outside of the atmosphere and come in and hit every place that's highly populated on earth at once they had enough of an army but he intentionally made this portal a small hole where only one of the beasts could come through at a time. And there was so many more behind there. Again, like some people say, oh, he was absolutely working for Thanos. But that implies that Loki is way stupider than I mean, I'm. He's working for Thanos in the same way that Gamora was working for Thanos. Precisely. Precisely. And it makes so much sense. And so one of the things that really bothers me is they've never explored or really talked about that he was under duress. He wasn't evil. He wasn't doing these things because he was evil. It, it truly, they've never acknowledged that. And they're literally just kind of like limping along with people's assumptions. No one listens to him after who knows how many centuries of them just saying anything you say is because you're jealous and they're a liar. 
you, you can't do much about this. And so he is trying to find ways, I think, to get the information across. He's fine sacrificing himself to do this because it's a bigger threat than anything. And so he was like, yeah, once this is all done and he was in chains and he was going back to Asgard, he's like, well, they'll finally talk to me. And there is literally no evidence that he was interrogated before putting in his little prison. There's no evidence that they talked to him and got the information. They don't seem to be aware that Thanos is a threat. They're just like, meh, this isn't a big deal. No yeah, one of the no, information. And, <laughs> and you see him, they immediately put that thing over his mouth. Yeah. So he doesn't have the ability to speak to anybody. Silver tongue, because, whatever. Yeah, because they assume that he's going to have some way of talking himself out of it. Yep. It's like, yeah, but he could also literally explain what's going on. Happened. <laughs> right? Is it talking uh, himself out of it when he's legitimately saying, no, dude, you have no idea. I was like tortured like crazy. And this dude that's coming, <laughs> I am nothing compared to this dude. I am saving you. you yeah. <laughs> it, it's one of those things that like that seems so obvious to me. And that's that's the reason why so many people love Loki. It's not because he's attractive, because, I mean, Tom Hiddleston, like, hello, yes. But that's not the only reason that people like him. And the, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, well, he's, he's just an attractive actor. No, he's a complex, interesting character. And he is one that is a great foil but he's also, he's not the bad guy. That's people like, oh, he's a villain. It makes he's no the, sense. What I love, one of the analyses that I saw, or actually a couple of different analyses, one that I can specifically recall from Straw Hat Goofy on TikTok, who I love him. He points out the fact that you see how when he's w watching those moments in his life that came after he was taken out of, taken by the TBA. Mm -hmm. As he is watching those moments of, you know, his mother's love, his brother's love, um, having those moments of, of being hugged and everything and fighting for each other and being, being accepted and yep. being recognized for what he is and who he wants to be. And then watching him get killed, watching himself get killed by Thanos. And you see him have this, like, moment. He sees all of the potential that he could have had this this knowing that there is a possibility there is a chance for him to have this family relationship with the people that he did care about that he never actually got the chance to have because of the tva and that was yeah. taken away from him yeah and Why he never personally got to experience it but he saw that it's what should have happened um the the thing that gets me is that they did such a good job with so many aspects of his character. Tom Hiddleston really knows his character. They did so many pieces that were just really good, but they they did a lot of telling rather than showing in yeah. the Loki show. Um, and I think one of the things that was different with um, with WandaVision is they did a lot of showing with very little telling. They literally played through her past experience they gave context to her abilities they they showed her trauma literally through her actions it wasn't 
oh wow you're you're traumatized right now because nobody else was acknowledging this but we could literally see her working through it with each different episode the the storylines that they chose to do and how it went from humorous and cute to actually devastating and her in her little depression hole like you see those things and in Loki, they had some amazing set design, the costumes, the environment, the the entire TVA they built was so, so cool. cool. But they did a lot of this telling, not showing, where people were literally saying something that counteracts the the viewer's understanding of a situation. The first time that Mobius tells Loki, your little girlfriend, I was like, are you... Where did that come from? That was in no way was that a romantic relationship. It felt like they were pushing it so hard. And they kept saying, they're a relationship. This is a relationship. And I'm like, I, in some contexts, could have seen this making sense. And I, I told you a little bit about this when um, in when we were talking about it earlier. Because <laughs> what else do we do but talk about this stuff? Um, but the, the whole bit that I was thinking... The, they didn't give us enough of a relationship to make it make sense for both of them to be so far out of character. And I know that some people were like, oh, well, that's totally in character. He's he's crazy. He's this. He's never had love. He's I'm like, we we don't actually know if he's ever had love in the Norse mythology and in Marvel comics. He has. He was with um Sigin and he had Angrabog. Bogda, I can I can never pronounce her name correctly. The frost giant sorceress lady. There, there's all these relationships that could have been in the past for him, but we don't know. Um, they never talk about those things, and you know, the only thing we got was his little bit of both comment. But I think of um, Doctor Who and the character of River Song. I mean, this is going to be spoilers for River Song and all of that fun stuff. But if you don't know it, then Go watch it. But one of the things with, with River Song is, you know, she has been in a relationship with the doctor through multiple iterations of him. And she meets the for his first time, but one of her last times, um, the 10th doctor. He doesn't recognize her. He has no context. There's no story. But the relationship builds because of her understanding of him and the the byplay and interaction. And I will admit, Loki and Sylvie had some moments that were just a fantastic little back and forth banter. And if they had played more heavily on them understanding each other, Loki really understanding where she's coming from, and if they had played into the fact that they are tricksters and shapeshifters they were so focused on making it like well he's only been a boy when they met the other Lokis and the other variants and they're like she's a girl and they were like what that's terrifying I was like what in the f that's that's so stupid that they they literally went out of their way to make her an other and they didn't need to and I feel like that was such a heteronormative take that was so irritating they're like we're just trying to make this so it's palatable it's like um like i what i what i think was interesting is that from what we know of the lokis that are on in this this end of the universe end of time place 
um, almost all of them were pruned in adulthood, right? Yeah, yeah. But if we take that little piece of information from the comics as well, then Sylvie is the only one who was pruned at childhood and then spent, from what we can tell, the rest of her life running and fighting and hiding. And they've never really explained the their interpretation of Asgardian time and lifespan. They mm-hmm. don't really explain how old she actually was because, you know, she looked like she was nine or ten years old. Uh, maybe maybe even up to like young preteen, but that could actually be that she was 400 years old. Like we d- we don't know. We don't know what their interpretation of age and all of that is. And they never really explained why she was pruned. Like you didn't have to tie up every loose end and explain every little piece, but they could have added a little more depth. And with you saying like she was running and hiding in apocalypses all this time, how did she learn how to do any of this stuff? Where did she get these yeah. abilities? What support system has she ever had? And how is she, like, she survived this much with this drive and focus of destroying the TVA? She's been it's obsessive. Assumed. Yeah. It's assumed that she never had a support system, which Correct. is why she doesn't trust anybody. She doesn't rely on anybody. She is independent completely because she doesn't believe that anybody in the in the entire multiverse is trustworthy yeah because why would she and that's why she's had had such a hard time with trusting loki and i think that makes sense with the final episode with her Mm -hmm. betraying loki at the end is she's like this has been her sole purpose since she was a child yep god knows how many years this has been and this has been the only thing she has ever wanted and shit like that fucks you up yeah and the thing that we don't um understand is the tva for all we know time moves crazy we don't know how long loki was training in the tva before he was out in the field we don't know how many interactions he's had with mobius all we have is the sense of like the the episodes we saw the act activities we saw but we don't know how long that actually was occurring and then we have the interaction he had with sylvie and that we know was very short because they were telling us like the, the time frame of this apocalypse and them moving on. Like that was max three days. And so that's somehow transforming their entire relationship and all of that, giving them those contexts. I've seen situations where the relationship makes sense in a romantic side in that short period of time, but there has to be a lot more, connection and like giving of each other in high stress situations and though there were some beautiful moments like loki singing on the train and um them having a little bit he was a little bit plastered totally schnockered totally schnockered (laughs) and then the bit with her finally kind of accepting that she's gonna die and so if they had stayed until before the tva got them and actually died on that Lamentus, they would have ruined everything. My question is, at what point did He Who Remains intervene with their story? Yeah, good question. Because he's he's the one at the end that says, like, you two, you are the only two that I could trust with taking this over. Yeah. And, and so that's, that's why I think case, they couldn't die. 
yeah, like at what point did he make that decision? What was it right when they joined forces? Right when at the the rocks cart building that he yeah. jumped through the little temporal doorway? Is that the moment that he's like, yep, these are the two. That means from now on, they cannot, they cannot die. Or was it always written that way? It's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's really, it's really weird when you start coming into time travel and the all-knowing and etc because at that there's a lot of shit that you have to juggle in order to kind of, to kind of figure all of that yeah. stuff out what i wanted to to point out is that like you and i were saying that it felt like there was more stuff that they should have been able to get to more background that they should have and i think that that would have been great if they had extended it to a slightly couple more episodes yeah like I'm looking right now at the two other Disney Plus Marvel shows that have been available. The first one was WandaVision, which was a full nine episodes. Now, were they longer or shorter? I think they were 35 minutes apiece. It's not saying here. Like they were, there were nine episodes, nine episodes that delved into a lot of information through Wanda's story. And then you have Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which were, there were six episodes, but I felt like they had a smaller story to tell and they did it well. Yeah, it was very condensed. Like they got a lot of information across and they had a very small cast, but they, I mean, you can tell that they absolutely had to change things because they didn't want to bring up pandemic-y stuff, like the whole plot line they had of a a sickness that was killing people and they were trying to get the vaccines and then they're like, hmm, maybe that's too on the nose. We should not do that right now. (laughs) Yeah. Plus they had the the whole issue with having to stop shooting in the middle of filming. Yeah. So they ended up having a shorter season, but why did Loki have a short season? Was it because of the pandemic as well? Or was it just because they wanted it to go quick, quick, quick through so that people wouldn't take that second to be like, wait, I have, wait, I have questions. Why do, can we go back? <laughs> like, like I, I, there were so many parts of it that was like, ah, but for, for example, with Ravona Renslayer, when you first see Mobius pick up that pen that has the high school name on mm-hmm. it and it's focused on, so you go, oh, this must be important. And you don't look at it until like the final episode. But when Mobius looks at it, he's like, oh, what's this? And she goes, oh, it's nothing. And then in the final episode, you see that that's the school she used to teach at before she was yeah. pulled into the TVA. The question is, is she aware or yep. was it like, it's hard to tell because is it like she's she's known this the whole time or is that something that she feels is important, but she doesn't know why it's important? I think that she knows more than she is letting yeah. on, especially with her last line being that she's going in search of free will, meaning she's going in search of Kang. Well, I mean, the thing that she also was saying that the only person who has freedom and free will is the person in charge. So that means like, right. is she is she going to be the person in charge now? Is that what she's saying? Like she wants to get rid of anybody else and it's just going to be her and she doesn't care about anybody else like dang girl (laughs) and then if we go into the fact that Ravona and Kang have a relationship in in the the comic books I don't know what kind of relationship because I I don't he confessed his love to her and she went nope ah 
makes sense. But yeah, the 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 fact that she has this ongoing sometimes antagonistic relationship with Kang, with a person who was in charge of the TVA for so long. I mean, it's very much possible that she's going to find the person in charge of the TVA to either partner with or take over. See, these are all the speculations that I really have a lot of fun with, but sometimes I feel like the creators don't put that much meat on the bone. Like, this feels like they were really trying to push the MCU forward into the multiverse, into the next stage of the MCU. And they could have focused more on Loki. The show is Loki. It's called Loki. But he almost felt like a side character through part of it. Like, he was secondary. It wasn't about him. It wasn't just about Sylvie, but it was like the TVA was the main character it wasn't loki does that make sense i think it's loki's i think it's literally loki's interaction with the tva Mm -hmm. like for example i'm gonna link something really random here dawson's creek (laughs) is dawson the main character no no joey is joey is because she's the one that calls it dawson's creek because she was obsessed with dawson from moment one yeah so i think that this show being called Loki is because it is literally number one TVA's obsession with all things Loki. Yeah, because they're the only ones who survive consistently. And they're the only ones that get pruned when they start to have a modicum of happiness. Yeah. And also Loki's relationship with the TVA and his growth from that. Yeah. Because I do believe that Loki is growing and i think he actually had to grow very quickly yeah because when you think about the fact like the circumstances he was coming in from in 2012 right when he had the encounter in the avengers that's the version of him that's coming through here and some people because that's what i brought it up in the beginning the, the interpretation people were having they're like yeah well he was a criminal who just did this and he failed at taking over the 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 world was if, fresh out of torture and then see, going into prison. Yeah, so that's that's giving them the benefit of giving Loki more agency and ability. But that's not what the MCU says, straight up. And that's where I think a disconnect comes in people who appreciate Loki to the point of like loving it. Like Jay Stubes, she did this whole thing and she was just like, this all perfectly lines up. This is what I like. And if all you're taking is the content in the shows without doing any critical thinking about his actions in Avengers, then this makes total sense. And you're like, yeah, totally. This is a a great show. We're going to look at it at a very shallow level. He has had a ton of growth. He's now an actual person that I can respect. Because some people were like, oh, he was just a sleazy, terrible guy. He called Natasha Mewling Quim. And I was like, it was clearly a tactic. Like, he didn't actually think that. He was clearly trying to get a reaction out of her. Like, come on. I love the idea of Loki and Natasha actually having more interaction because Natasha is another character that was a lot of tell, not show. They kept talking about how clever she is, how great she is, best spy. I don't feel like we got a lot of that. I feel like um, the interactions they had in Iron Man 
were clearly a manipulation. And if she genuinely believed the report that she made about Tony Stark, she's a dumbass. And I don't think that's the case. I think that was just a tool to try to manipulate Tony, but again, never addressed. And then they gave that report to Steve Rogers and that's how he got his interpretation of Tony. Are you kidding me? Of course there was going to be strife. That was stupid. That's not a smart spy behavior. That is a dumb, petty, manipulative thing. The Natasha Black Widow that I know that from the comics that I respect and think is a badass wouldn't do these things. So it felt very much like a Hydra, Nick Fury manipulation kind of environment. But that's one of those things where I, I still haven't seen the Black Widow movie. I've heard mixed reviews, some really good things, some like meh, meh, meh. I was going to ask if you'd seen it because Mike and I did see it. We watched it opening day on Disney+. Plus. I have watched so many spoilers on it, so I'm not surprised uh, about any of it's, this stuff. But I, I liked it. I wouldn't say it's the best Marvel movie out there. And a lot of it, unfortunately... A lot of the drama and suspense and everything was undercut by the fact that we already know what's going to happen to Natasha because yeah. we already saw her die in Endgame. And this was so, supposed to come out before Endgame and there was reasons why it got delayed. So I didn't know it was supposed to come out before Endgame. I thought it was just supposed to, I thought it was supposed to come out last year, but I didn't know that it was in, originally intended before that's what, that's what I had heard. So I, I could be wrong, but that was my understanding that it was supposed to come out beforehand. And then they had the whole thing that, you know, she died. And this could be totally wrong as well, because this is just kind of like a, an online speculation. But somebody was saying that Natasha wasn't supposed to die and Tony Stark wasn't supposed to die originally. And then they made those decisions to change this because they were passing the torch to the next round of Marvel characters. I think it's it's interesting. I like the idea that it's going to open up for the What If series that's going to mm -hmm. come out on Disney Plus. Mike is super excited about this. Oh my goodness! And I, I'm I, his hype is getting me hyped because <laughs> there's some the really cool stuff. The the Killmonger yeah. scene with yeah. with Tony Stark. Oh man, I was just like, what? <laughs> yeah. And the question that I'm having from just watching the one trailer is like, is Stephen Strange? traveling through these multiverses and witnessing all of these different iterations, different versions of different situations? Or is this just we're seeing them as viewers and nobody from our original MCU is part of this? Do yeah, you know what I mean, I mean it, it, that's a very good question because like, how, how do we know? Because you see Stephen Strange get sucked into some sort of portal. Yep. And then he comes out and he looks at Peggy Carter and says, who are you? Like, that makes it sound like he's our Stephen Strange that doesn't yeah. know. Or he is a Stephen Strange that is experiencing this. And, like, the multiverse in the... In all comic books is freaking bizarre. I mean, one of my yeah. favorite things is the the multiverse, the Spider-Man multiverse, because the Spider-Verse and Madam Spider and the one who's controlling all of these, like it's it's crazy how complex it is. I used to watch a TV show, I think in the nineties, that was all about Spider-Man and all the different places that he would travel to. And I always remember just like loving that whole section being like, this is nuts. And then when I went to watch Spider-Man movies with Tobey Maguire and stuff, I was like, I wonder if they're ever going to talk about these. Nope. 
Of course not, because it's just like too complex and a random weird thing in the comic books. It's not really a huge thing about him. So uh, I love all the potential that this is un- unleashing. And I think that the MCU did, they're smart to increase this and include this. Um, I feel like they maybe sacrifice a little bit of the exploration of Loki's character to get to this point. And I don't think that was needed. Because I think that between the What If what if series and the upcoming No Way Home and Multiverse of Madness, like I don't think we needed the intro because a lot of people who aren't true fans aren't going to be watching the, the Disney Plus shows anyway. They're just going to watch the movies when they come out. They don't have that context. And then the real fans are like, heck yeah, I'm into this. And so I feel like we got a little gypped. I'm not angry. It was a really enjoyable show and it was interesting. I am so pissed at the kiss. I The whole buildup they had of the relationship makes as I said, zero sense. It could have. They well, didn't put the effort into it. And the only explanation I have is she was using it as a distraction so that she could betray him. The That's right. the only thing that makes sense after three days. That's Although that's, I will state Tom Hiddleston's acting is 100% amazing yes. in this series. Yes. I loved it. And like I told you, this series, I wish it had gone on a little bit longer. If it had gone on for 10 episodes rather than six, I think we would have been able to see a little bit more development, see a little bit more of an arc for all of the individuals rather than just the couple. Mm-hmm. But also, I feel like with this particular six-episode run, it felt really disjointed. Yeah, it did. As I, yeah, as I said to you, it, it felt really disjointed, especially considering, like, you, we don't know how long, of course, he spent in the TVA before being allowed to roam free essentially within the building with minimal supervision because we saw him walking around and doing whatever without Mobius tailing him the entire time. Yep. Now, we don't know how long that was and seeing him switch from his from whatever emotions and and mental trauma that he was experiencing during and prior to the uh, New York incident and then basically resigning himself to being sent to prison on Asgard and being whisked away from that mm-hmm. to end up here, he, he suddenly becomes a lot more animated, yeah. I think is the word I'm going for. He becomes a lot more animated when he's talking with Mobius, when he's saying like, well, what if we, what if this is what's happening? And then when Mobius is like, oh, you know what? You're, that sounds like a good idea. That sounds right. And seeing that little bit of spark and seeing him get that acknowledgement of his information. He starts blooming and blossoming. He's very much getting out of his very reserved, waiting for anyone to just disbelieve him or, or yell at him or tell him to shut up. Or as Thor said in the first movie, know your place, brother. Like man like his he was actually getting acknowledgement yeah because loki's place could have 100 percent been by thor's side the entire time he would have been happy with it but because but because thor was so bombastic in the beginning that he was like no i am the king's son i am the one who's going to be king he was a pompous ass thor was an absolute pompous pompous ass and apparently being three days on midgard with jane foster was enough for him to be better because he now viewed those who are lesser than him as worthy to be protected that like that's i was like dude really 
and and that's one of the things that I also didn't really like about Loki, and they may they may address this later, but he's not an Asgardian. He is Jotun, one of the frost giants. Right. And they never talk about that. They say that magic doesn't work in the TVA. Well, clearly it does because he is still his form. Like, if he's it, pink. If it didn't work, he'd be blue with red eyes. But they had some people on TikTok talking about the situation with the Jotun. And there was these young fans who were like, that makes no sense. Why are we talking about this? It's not a big deal. Why Why are you trying to push this such uh, like, who cares? It's like you're trying to say that he's Irish, but he was raised in America. So he we have to talk about his Irish heritage. And I'm like, no, it's not. That's not it. He's yeah, a no. different species. Yeah, we're talking about him being an alligator and being raised as a bird. Exactly. We don't even know if the other versions of Loki are also because in mythology, he is in some cases Odin's brother, Odin's son. He's Lofi's Lofi's son, Laufi's son. He is sometimes not. Laufi is a female goddess in some mythologies and is an ice giant and others like frost giant. It's a really weird mix. And I wish they had just at least acknowledged it a little bit more. Like I think there was one throwaway line about him being an ice cube or something. And that was like their acknowledgement. I was like, really? That's what we Well, get? I remember them when they were filtering through all of the variant Lokis in that little hologram. You see the thing. one that is a frost giant. Yeah. It's like full on blue. Yeah. And it's like, question, why isn't he blue now? now. It, right? For me, I never really understood why he was always pinky flesh colored rather than blue because in the original Thor movie you see him going around believing that he is Asgardian and then being touched by a frost giant and his skin turning blue at the touch but then when he takes it away it goes back to being pink is yeah. that magic or is that his exposure to the cold so that there's a lot of different theories as I'm going to go into fan fiction because that's where they explore a lot of this stuff. Uh, some of them is that it, he has an innate ability to transform and uh, he is a shapeshifter um, or a changeling, depending on you know which terminology you're using. Um, and then with that ability, he is able to modify his form to instinctively protect himself. Seeing, um, you know, Odin pick him up the form he took very curiously looks a lot like his sister Hela what if Thor was thinking about Hela when he found her found uh, Loki and he yeah. took the form of what Odin was thinking about to be appealing it, it is funny because that has been pointed out in in when Thor Ragnarok came out and people were like um here's Thor's Hela the odd man out Loki. right <laughs> Thor's the one that's adopted. You can't tell me that Loki's adopted. Like, yeah. <laughs> right? So he took that form to do that. But there's other ideas that um, Odin transformed him, which I don't think happened because um, he seemed surprised when Loki took changed in his hands. But there is a possibility over the millennia of him being raised that 
Odin put increased safeties so that he wouldn't accidentally turn into a frost giant when he was playing. Or if maybe his shape changing ability is more complex and he's able to turn into an animal or a different species or just to have all of these fun different forms. You don't want like a five-year-old to turn into a goat or something and then like yeah. a butterfly and fly away. And you're like, my child, you you don't want that. I so would- maybe- I would really, really like it if they explored the shape changing in the MCU a little bit more because we've seen him transform into other members of the Avengers in previous films. And knowing that he can do that in full mimic, he can do it with the voice, the whole thing. Like, knowing that he can do that, why can't he disguise himself in other ways? Why couldn't he, like, literally when he was confronted with all of the other Lokis, he could have transformed into literally anything else. Absolutely. That's that's so true. And I think part of the way that they justify in fan fiction he does that is he has hesitation about using his own magic because it's been derided for so long. But And that would actually bring that would actually make us make sense because we've never seen his magic used to the extent that it has been in this show in this show which is one of the things i love the way he was using it in action and able to be so reactive oh my god that the whole lamentous bit where he's just like boom and well, he stops, stops a building oh, from falling man. down. Like, oh, I was like, what? Oh, okay, yes, sir. And then that puts oh, that. <laughs> that puts New York into a whole nother perspective. Because yeah. if he has that ability, why was he just flying around barely doing any magic? Like that brings up the point that it definitely could have been him being in a really bad mindset, a really tortured mindset that he was afraid to use any of his gifts because of how trauma induced he was, that he was just doing his bare minimum in order to make it look like he did the right thing. Yeah. Make it and look like he did the right thing in Thanos's view. It could do that. It could also be that he was intentionally trying to downplay that. Maybe Thanos didn't know how capable he was. And so that was one of his methods of doing a manipulation. Or, Maybe he was literally or he literally he or he literally couldn't access that power because of how fucked up he was. Yeah. But they of course never address these things. This is all speculation. Yeah. This is all something that I primarily see uh, explored in fan fiction. They also have some of the most nuanced, poignant explorations of character, every little aspect of dialogue, what we see, the the set design, the reflections of light and those decisions and what story they tell because the mcu is famous for just not telling you enough and then the fans fill in the blanks and then the mcu later goes actually it's this and we're like that makes no sense that completely counteracts all of these other things that you have put in place so you're saying that this person was actually a terrible human being doing this on purpose and it wasn't something that they were under their own influence like unable to control their themselves under the influence of something else why would you do that and so i am a huge fan of this stuff i read a lot of the things that explore those stories and like what ifs build the world building aspects because we don't have a lot of world building on the culture of the asgardians we don't have uh, a lot of their their background and how they were raised we're we're pulling a lot of this from the little nuances that we see in the interactions and again this is the show not tell bit but 
what they're doing in a lot of cases is we are supposed to take the word of Thor, take the word of Odin, take the word of Sif and the Warriors Three, that Loki is untrustworthy because they don't trust him. But that's only their perspective. And from a human view, his behavior makes sense. He does guerrilla warfare. He's clever. He understands and manipulates people. He gets what he wants without damaging things. And these warriors are like, we're just going to smash it because that's honorable. We're going to fight head on. Yes, we may die, but we will die a glorious death. That's stupid. They're 100% in it for the fight rather than for the result. Yeah. We've kind of strayed a little bit all over the place, but I really do feel like, again, this show has a lot of potential. I'm curious to see where they go with it. I mean, I will say that Kang was amazing. So he, amazing. He carried that episode. Oh, my gosh. I His mannerisms, his physicality. He's a man who has been alone for a very, very long time. So he, when he gets to talk to a person, it kind of comes out really, really strangely. Yeah. It all comes out either in like verbal diarrhea or comes out like haltingly because he's trying to choose the right words because maybe he hasn't really used words in a very, very long time. And he just has thoughts in like amorphous blob form. Like you don't know, but it, the fact, oh God, Jonathan Majors did such a, such good, a job. good job. In that he who remains role and knowing that he is going to be playing Kang um, in, I believe, I'm obsessed in because Walk. we're going to be able to see so many different iterations of Kang, too, because the Council yes. of Kangs is is a, a big piece of the Marvel Universe. So it's going to be so cool seeing him put on the different suits of Kang and his version in this show just got me so hyped like yeah i i feel like as i said like they kind of neutered the loki storyline didn't give us much but it almost is worth it for king almost yeah. not quite but almost so i'm super hyped for what if to come out i'm super hyped for multiverse of madness which unfortunately is not till next year yeah i'm hyped for ant-man and the wasp in quantum mania that is be... what it's called yeah that's gonna be amazing and i'm hopeful that Spider-Man No Way Home is the multiverse Spider-Man movie that we have been hoping for. I hope so, too, because I feel like there's a potential for it. But I also feel like MCU may fully axe the idea because they want to surprise people more than they want the story. We already have a confirmation that Alfred Molina is coming back as Doc Ock. So... I'm sorry, they have to do it at this point. If they don't do it, you're going to have a whole bunch of Marvel fans just, just pissed. Yeah. Like, I mean, I would be super pissed. And, and I'm, I think it's really the main reason that we have not received a, even trailers. a teaser trailer yeah, yeah. for a movie that's supposed to be coming out in December. I know. I agree. I, I thought that they were going to have a little bit more of it in the, after credit scene for Loki, but the fact that the after credit scene was literally just a file and saying Loki will return season two, I was like, really? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> really? I was, I was very upset at that. I was like, I waited all this time just it to could see have a been, damp. It, it could have been a Doctor Strange reference. It could have looped into Spider Verse. It, but, but no, that's fine. Whatever. Yeah. 
And I mean, at least at least we have confirmation that there is going to be a season two because we know WandaVision was a limited run. Yeah. And we know Falcon and the Winter Soldier was a limited run. So the fact that there is going to be a second season of Loki does still get me hyped. Yeah. And I'm a little nervous that Sylvie's story may be completely done with because I want them to I think they're of... going to explore more with her. I think that they were actually yeah. leading up to her being a primary focus. It would be really cool to see the second season of Loki focusing a little bit on her development as, well, what do I do now that I've done the one thing that I've strived my entire life for and realize that it did not give me the satisfaction that I thought it would. Exactly. That's our rant. Uh, <laughs> we covered <laughs> we covered quite yeah. a lot. I, I would recommend it to anybody to, to take a look at. It's not as quirky as WandaVision was. It has a different kind of quirk. It has a different kind of quirk. But I think that it's a good addition to the MCU. And it is highly watchable, even though I disagree to a lot of stuff. And I have (laughs) turned to the fan fiction world for Solus. I mean, Mobius, he needs his jet ski, man. (laughs) He does need his jet ski. But... I mean, oh, God, it broke my heart at the end where he's like, who are you? What department yeah. are you from? And I'm like, what do you mean? What department? No! I mean, there could be another timeline where Mobius isn't part of the TVA, but Loki still was. So who knows? Oh, man, it would be so awesome to see Loki randomly jump into a point on Earth timeline and see Mobius in his reality. Yeah. And just look at him and be like, hey, man. Do you have a jet ski? It's like out of no context whatsoever. Be like, oh yeah, I take it out on weekends. It's amazing. Wow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Also, this reminder that if ever you're depressed, all it means is you haven't said wow as Owen Wilson yet. Yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) Because you're like, oh, I'm so sad. Wow. 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 But you have to say it with that little that little smirk that he has yeah. on his face. So, wow. wow. And then you can't wow. not smile when you're doing it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, welcome um, to our madness. <laughs> that's this has been our breakdown of our experience with Loki or kind of take on MCU in general. Uh, so, mm. another special current events episode of Chronic Media Consumption. We will be going back to our schedule schedule regularly <laughs> schedule regular programming. <laughs> our new word. Um, Schedually regular. <laughs> our regular regularly scheduled program shortly with our fun topics. But if there's other media that we should consume, let us know. You can send us an email at chronicmediaconsumption at gmail.com. And as always, I am Michelle. And I'm Kelly. Thank you for joining in. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>